Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Lost Legends, Tales of Thurn. This is Ben, the DM. The kaboom forces the ship forward into the water. And we just keep firing the cannons until inch by inch we make it west. My name is Theron. My uncle is, was his college roommate. Kalanon, what you use this for is you use this to defeat the dust buddies. I'm Big Boots. I'm your new best friend. They want biscuits? Oh, they want those backdoor biscuits. My name's Magna. You're chained up. That's kinky. You can call us the Dirty Water Boys. You are the Dirty Water Boys? Last time on Lost Legends Tales of Thern, our heroes reunited with the Aarakocra protectors and were able to commune with the spirit of the dragon Kargazar. He revealed that when Draconon's retribution against King Cory grew too vicious, he stepped in on behalf of the common folk and fought against his brother. After a long desperate battle, Kargazar was slain and his spirit became entrapped in the crystal ever since. He told our heroes that aside from the gods, there is no power in the world that can surpass that of the dragons, though there is one that can match it, that of the giants. This has created a problem for the Dirty Water Boys, however, as no one has seen a giant in hundreds of years. Our story continues as our heroes travel east over the mountains to the Idle Glen Forest, the last known location of the giants, and home in antiquity to their flying capital city. Greetings and salutations, Dirty Water Boys. How are we? Great. You know, I'm just marveling over the... uh the word antiquity one of my favorite words <laughs> to use to use in anything and it's like oh heck that's yeah. so it's so archaic i love it heck yeah got to break out that thesaurus i mean yeah <laughs> that's a five dollar <laughs> word for sure <laughs> oh uh guys uh, let's give a round of applause for ben this is his first time recording with us as a married man yeah Woo! thank you yeah. congrats thank you. benny thank you uh, off in the sprawler. Although we are recording our Q&A episode in a few hours, so that will be out first. So, But this is our first official time recording as a married man, Ben. So congrats, sir. Heck yeah. It's been an excellent two weeks. We oh. uh, we did our honeymoon up in Chicago. I got a hotel room right in downtown. So we like were just a stone's throw from Navy Pier and the Bean. And uh, my favorite comic shop, which is just like 30 feet away from the Bean. It's called Graham Cracker Comics. It's really yep. great. Um then we spent a couple yeah yeah their selection is insane like it's just i could just get lost there um this also isn't a paid uh paid (laughs) sponsor but it it totally (laughs) could be hint hint (laughs) wink wink i'll take some sandman comics for some good press interestingly enough uh ben and i saw each other the day he got married yeah it was a really neat coincidence seeing you there at 392. Cause yeah, oh, yeah. So, so my, my wife's, I almost said fiance, but my, my wife's oldest sister is a coffee connoisseur. And so whenever she travels anywhere, um, she hits up one of like the local coffee shops, not like a Starbucks, but like someplace that, that would appreciate the business, like a mom and pop type place. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we went to 392. Saw you there, Sterles. Mm-hmm. It was the one that's uh, owned by Seth Rollins. Uh, not that one. 
No. Oh, okay. The original one. Oh, and Clinton? Is Seth, yeah, is Seth Rollins a wrestler? Yeah, he's he from Davenport. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, I was going to say, he sounds... He's a cool dude, probably. I met him once walking outside of Target, and I was like, oh, hey, hey Seth. And I'm just like a little fanboy. He's like, hello. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Seth Rollins. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Heck yeah. No, but yeah, it was good. The uh, wedding went off without a hitch. Um, my wife is from Puerto Rico. So hold on a second. Hard. Hold on a second. I, I got to stop you on that one. <laughs> so it went off without a hitch, but like the whole term of getting hitched is getting married. So like, which is it? Are you married or are you not married? <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So we, uh, it was cool too. There's this. So shout out to my barber. There's this guy is, uh, his name is like Spencer over in Fulton and he works out of this like machine shop type building. But yeah, he's like a really solid dude that morning after we, after Sullivan, went to do her makeup and stuff. Me and Josh, one of my groomsmen went to the, uh, the barber shop and we're there for like three hours because we got there 10 minutes after opening and like there was already a line out the door. But yeah, he's a really solid guy and was jokingly like, hey, give me a shout out. Be like, this is from a barber. So here you go, bud. Fuck yeah. You got a, to be you got a business too. name? Business name for him or anything? I think it's just called Spencer's. Yeah, Spencer's like Spencer's Barbershop. Barber shop. Yeah. Spencer's in Fulton, Illinois, right across the river from us. Hell yeah, right by the bridge. Used to be my barber too. Then I made my wife start shaving my head for me instead. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we... Uh, where are we at? We we're, we just came up to the town and we found the remains of Potato Sam, or is he missing? Uh, body is missing, but you found his hat. Okay. Yep, kind of like a big stovepipe hat with the top that opens like a flap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so go ahead and roll. Can I have you guys roll nature? Hey, I can do that. Uh, 19 for Magna. Excellent. 18. 6. 17. 17. All right. So Big Boots, Magna, and Kalanon. Um, you're all able to tell that this destruction would have been caused by a, uh, a fire spitting dragon. So either a gold dragon or a, um, uh, a red dragon. Um, by quite spitting possibly. fire, do you mean like he's really good at rap battles? Well, that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have MC little tot here sterling he's got some pretty hot bars i bet so <laughs> he's probably got hotter bars than downtown yeah yeah, yeah there, you go. there we go yeah, yeah, yeah. i was with like the... how are you getting out of this one <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do that with my... Island. <laughs> so I'll do that with my students sometimes where i'll just like it'll be like middle class and something comes up and they'll be like well you know what they say and then just leave it at that. <laughs> the kids try and fill in the blanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's definitely dragon activity in the area. Hey, uh, hey, Theron, you want to do your ping thingy? Where you, like, see motherfuckers or sense them? Ping. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can I can do that. So I don't, I don't know the name of your spells. Primeval awareness. There it is. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to use primeval awareness to see if I can... And we're in a town, so it's only going to be one mile if there's any dragons within one mile. Yep, so you send out your primeval awareness, your ping, your radar, if you will, and uh, or dradar. And uh, you don't 
feel any dragons in the surrounding area. Like whatever it was came, destroyed the town, and then has flown off. At least with at least a mile away, I should say. This creature is uh, long gone. Not within five thousand feet or so. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, we're we're using feet in a fantasy world, so the imperial system has taken over. Second of all, it's like two thousand feet for a mile. What? Five thousand two hundred and eighty. Is it five thousand two hundred? I thought it was yeah. two thousand five hundred. My that's on me. Wow. Hey, <laughs> my soul just left my body thinking, "Oh shit, was I wrong for all these years? I thought it was five thousand two hundred something." I transposed those numbers. I was like, wait, no, that's wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, I I don't know. What do you what do you want? Um, should we? I mean, obviously. So dragon dragon fire killed this area. Uh, how's the rest of the town looking? Is it pretty fucked? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much unsalvageable. Like buildings, are, there's still smoke rising from the, some of the buildings. They're like actively collapsing in on each other. Is um, is there a water source at all nearby? Yeah, we'll say there's a town well right in the center of town. Potatoes. Well, well, well. What do we have here? <laughs> um. God damn it. That's the whole reason he asked that question, so we can make that pun. Only <laughs> reason. No, no, I have a fourth level spell that says control water, which means I can take his water source, move it around. So I was just going to ask, what are you thinking of doing with the well? Let's see. Can I leave the Discord happens. call, please? Well, we're recording clean feed, so yeah, you can leave the Discord <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah, I'll just leave both. I'll just leave both. <laughs> so... How far deep is that well down? Well, uh, the water's probably 15 feet down. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, so I can bring the water up about 20 feet. So Excellent. I will go yeah. ahead and do that. Perfect. So, yes. Yeah, so you cast the spell. The water kind of geysers out, um, but in a controlled fashion, like it's not mm -hmm. just spraying everywhere. It's almost like uh, water bending, if you will. You're able to get like a big gulp of water out of there. And uh, how, how are you going to do this? So basically just it'll spread on the ground. So like any like uh, fire that is uh, near the ground, because I've got an additional like five feet or so um, to work with. So just to extinguish as much as I can without flooding the area. Perfect. Yeah, we'll say it takes about an hour to get the town to a comfortable fire control level. Yeah, so you're able to... Um, for all intents and purposes, extinguish the fire. You know, now it's more just like white smoke rising, you know, uh, steam. Yeah, places uh, out of active danger. How but many survivors that, that, are there? Uh, none that you can see. Yeah, all the survivors were either scattered or, uh, you know, eaten. It, it's hard to tell, really. Uh, go ahead and so big boots. Go ahead and roll survival while Kalanon's working this water and putting out the fires. Uh, that is a total of twelve. Twelve. So you see, uh, as you're kind of like the thought comes in your head, like, what about the survivors? Where are they? You know, you're able to kind of scout around a little bit, and you find several, uh, several dozen sets of footprints leading east, kind of like like through the woods off the beaten path. There's like footprints in the mud bushes that have been like hacked away with a sword of some sort um, like a machete. Uh, looks like there were some survivors, but they just probably got the heck out of Dodge here. Okay. Um, that's, that's not towards where we, we came from, right? That's away from where we came from. 
Uh, it would be the same general direction, but not using the the road. More like through the woods. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, stinky butt boys. I mean, dirty water boys. Um, there's some footprints over here of possible survivors. Want to check up on that once we extinguish the town? Yeah. Uh, Magna takes a uh, potato Sam's hat that you found. Is it like charred up, or is it how? What's the condition of the hat? The hat looks a little bit charred, but still fashionably wearable. There's like a couple of little char holes in it, but it's still uh, it's still got that potato Sam charm. <laughs> All right, yeah, Magna's gonna keep it with him while they uh, while he helps extinguish the fires and then searches for survivors. Okie doke. Go ahead and roll uh, investigation. Uh, one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so you're like looking around. You don't find any survivors in the city. Uh, Magna, I said follow the footprints. I don't know why you're wandering that way. Well, you never know. There might be something else. You know, there might be more. They might have gone in multiple directions. I'm just checking. Sorry, I'm a little stressed out. There's footprints here going this way. Why wouldn't we check this way? I, I get on his shoulders and, like, ratatouille him towards the footprints. Fagrin's <laughs> just going to walk over and start <laughs> kinda following the footprints while Big Boots basically wrangles Magna, finds Okey-doke. his steed. Stop pulling my hair! Yeah, we could do is uh, at some point have you guys make like a one person, like a giant set of armor that fits around both of you. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> you're like a Jaeger from two Pacific Rim. Two adventures in a trench coat. <laughs> exactly. If it bumps my armor class up, I'm 100% up for that, actually. <laughs> yeah, but you get like double disadvantage. I mean, like Gurren Logan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so as as you guys follow the uh, the tracks, they kind, like I said, they kind of lead off east, but from a different angle off into the woods. You get the feeling that these survivors probably didn't want to take the main path because they're, you know, the there's kind of a canopy in the woods here that blocks the view of the sky. But like the the road, there is no canopy. So they would be sitting ducks escaping, you know, for the, the dragon that was attacking the town. Kind of like they, they probably chose this way to be a little more stealthy. You find, uh, you know, a couple of cricks running down from the mountains on the western side here. Evidence that they've made their way up east over the mountains. Okay, yeah, keep on following. But how far in have we gotten? Uh, you, you get probably about two miles following the tracks into the woods. Uh, is it a free action to cast that primal awareness, Alec? It takes one spell slot, but I have plenty of them. Uh so compared to the spells that I haven't used constantly, as we get closer to like you said, they go up into the mountains. Yep. As yep. These mountains closer to the uh, mountains. I will cast primeval awareness again. Okay. And I say these mountains go Six north miles. south. Uh, you guys are currently heading up the western side of the mountains, um, with your destination the Idle Glen Forest being on the eastern part of the mountains. And this time, since we're in mountains, one of my favorite terrains, I it will do for six miles instead of one mile. Nice. Yeah, so uh, you cast your primeval awareness up here as you uh, reach kind of the uh, like the mountain passes, um, and you can feel that there is indeed a, a dragon up here uh, within six miles. Um, but it's almost like it comes in and out of your radar, like it's almost doing like uh, judging from from its flight and what you can feel. It's almost like it's doing like a scan, like it's look actively looking for any survivors. This is a. Uh... This is a dragon that really, really doesn't want anyone alive from that town. Okay, a real asshole. 
Alright, we'll be on high alert. We'll be on high alert then, boys. Uh, eventually you guys do reach... Um, oh, also, I guess go ahead and roll Insight. Um, is, are any of you guys proficient in Insight? I am. Uh, I am. Okay, I am if you're well. proficient... Sorry. If you're proficient, go ahead and roll it. Um, Magna, we'll say that you'll give these guys advantage for the assist. Alright. You still want me to roll? No, you'll just uh, you'll be doing like the help action, essentially. I'll supervise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 23 total with the advantage. Excellent. I got a 14. Uh, 28. Alright, well, um, so Big Boots and Kalanon, uh, you both you know, since there's this dragon flying around that just torched a town, you both are able to kind of piece together like stealth is probably your best bet here for avoiding this fight. Because this thing is like for sure pretty tough. You know, and uh, when when Mo- when when you guys kind of confer and talk about it, Moxie just kind of shrivels up like she doesn't want to fly with a dragon out there and be like, <laughs> you know, she doesn't want to get burned too. a lot of good rugs were lost that day. <laughs> so it's <laughs> so yeah kind of stealthing it on foot would probably be your best bet of getting eastward safely what if we're what if we have a disadvantage in stealth <laughs> uh i mean as long as you're like taking your time then i would give you advantage and that would negate it so it'd just be a straight stealth roll okay yeah quietly quietly follow the track still on yeah, the ground. take your time excellent um, so yeah, you guys reach kind of an apex in the the mountain. Um, like you, there's a there's a point where the pass doesn't go up any further, and there's a little clearing, and you can see out off into the eastern part, um, the eastern side of the mountains. Now, one thing that would strike you as odd is that there is no snow over here. This is by your estimate, looking at a map, this would be about the same latitude as the glacier where the uh, the chaos beast was. So it strike you as kind of odd that like like why is that why is it fall here like what's going on shouldn't this be cold and snowy as as well as you look off you see a huge green forest further than the eye can see almost cradled like a bowl and the forest covers the entire inside of the bowl here at the uh, the very center kind of the the low part of the bowl uh, you see a large fortified city with a palisade wall. It's very just off in the distance, so you can barely make out individual people, but you can see the structure. Yeah, and it, it looks, I mean, this place looks like it's uh, in a perpetual state of autumn. Hell yeah, pumpkin spice all year long. <laughs> <laughs> Channeling your inner white woman. Um, <laughs> so I got my latte right here. Hey, me too. I got an ice latte. Um, I have water. <laughs> so Ben, we're on the same continent that we were on when we met the 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 Red Star Order, right? Order of the Red Star. Yep, Order of the Red Star is to the far west, so and, uh, a little bit south. This is the extreme northeast of the continent. If I recall, what was known in that area for this continent that the one city we entered port in was like the only known city. So is this like a secret city that most people don't know about? Good question. Go ahead and roll history. That is a 17 plus 2, 19. 19? Yeah, so this would be, like, it looks pretty hidden, but by the size of it, you uh, you would have heard of the city of Moonhaven before. Um, at least in passing. Not a lot of people make their way up here to Idle Glen Forest. It's kind of secluded, 
kind of off in its own. There's some smaller villages that dot the landscape uh, kind of around it, small farming and fishing villages. But um, Moonhaven is is known, but not necessarily traveled to a lot. Kind of, I'm thinking kind of like the Shire from Lord of the Rings, where like, you know, certain educated folks know about it. They can point it out on a map and say, yep, that's the Shire. But like no one really has a reason to go there very often. Okay. Um, with your history role, you would also know that this forest is known for being kind of uh, pernicious. Kind of uh, like there, you know, there's kind of the, the rumor that people go through the forest and they get pickpocketed by strange unseen forces, pinches, hair tugs. There's always something that's kind of nipping at them in a kind of harmless way. Like no one's like you haven't heard of anyone dying from it, but it's more of just a mild annoyance as the, the forest kind of, you know, does uh, these little minor things to, to travelers. In a supernatural way, or as in, a, like, there's really good, like, rogues that just want to, like, be mis- mischievous? From what you've heard, it would be in a supernatural way. Okay. Um, I'm going to relay all that information to the Dirty Water Boys. You know, like, hey, this forest might be a little little boogin' heavy. Um, also, the city isn't very well-traveled. But we could probably make the estimation that the, the survivors probably went to the city, right? Absolutely, yeah. That would be the, the next safest place, the next closest closest safest place that they could go to. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to suggest we, we make our way there quietly so we don't attract a dragon. But, you know, keep your pockets tight. Those tight pockets, babies. Aye, aye, sir! The one reason why I like my robe is because it has pockets in it. Not a lot of robes have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Heck uh, keep yeah. Keep your hands in your pockets. Um, so as you guys are going down the uh, Oracle Nazera, she just kind of stops for a moment right on the crest as the hill starts to go down the eastern side. And uh, she just stops and she's like very visibly like her breath is taken away as she uh, looks over to Theron. She just almost kind of beckons you like she beckons you over with a look. And uh, as you approach, she goes and kind of gently grabs your hand, and squeezes it. And her hand feels very warm and her jaw just drops as she looks at the landscape. And she says, I- I've never seen anything so beautiful. Uh, yeah, me, me either. He says kind of like looking down to like, oh, like down and away from her blushing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, she looks over. She notices you looking at her and she blushes as well. Kind of looks away like coy kind of awkward, you know, and then she says, uh, well, after all this is done, we uh, we should all just take a vacation here. I, I like the sound of pumpkin spice. I like pumpkin and I like spices. <laughs> it's just an talk to Cali too much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, ruin she, it, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she kind of collects herself, then she leads you by the hand with the other dirty water boys and you guys are able to start making it down the, the Eastern end of the mountains here. So once again, these huge pine trees, I mean like red Oak sized pine trees and uh, Oak trees, trees of varying sizes and shapes, you know, uh, varying species. They all kind of intermingle in this forest. It's like a huge diverse cornucopia of, of plant and animal life as you guys make your way down and uh, kind of blocking out the, the sun, you know, there's enough foliage. You hear the squawking of birds, uh, the, the hooting of owls, the, the screeching of howler monkeys that you look up and they kind of like, you know, swing their way through the trees, still following the tracks that uh, are leading you further west, f- further east to the, uh, the town of Moonhaven. 
um, there's a point where you guys come across a, a small, like babbling brook that kind of blocks your path. The Oracle reaches down, you know, she scoops a bit of water out of it and uh, takes a drink and her eyes light up. She says, wow, that's, that's, uh, whew. Nazaro, what are you doing? That water could be toxic. Says, yeah, but it could be refreshing too, which uh, it is. And she scoops up a little more and keeps drinking it. Is that's the best water I've had in months? Oh, and she uh, just kind of like kneels down by the side of the water. And I don't know, like it's just Bob's almost like a, just like a whole there. Yeah, it's like a holy experience. Almost this water is just crystal clear, perfectly filtered. Um, she says, you guys got to try this. Uh, Magna will take the opportunity to call over Bobby and they're going to refill their water jugs with it. Heck yeah. Bobby goes to refill his jug and he looks around to see if anyone's looking. He takes a quick swig and uh, his eyes light up and start to glow as well. And he's like, whoa, you ain't you ain't kidding. Oh, boy, I got to sit down. And he like goes and finds like a down stump to to like just go have a breather. Hey, hey, Kalanon, you you know things. I think between the two of us, can we can we tell if there's something weird going on with this water? <laughs> I believe we could. Um, let me just go ahead and take a look at it. Um, that would be an Arcana check, correct? Indeed, yes. Good thing I'm proficient in that. There's a 15, so that's 22. 22. You can tell this water has magical properties. Absolutely. There's like magical radiation coming off this water. It's a first level spell. Detect magic. Does that allow me to do school? Yeah, learn at school. Okay, do learn it. All right, yeah. So I will cast uh, detect magic. Excellent. School would be uh, enchantment. Enchantment, yeah. yeah. I saw that one coming. I'll drink some. Fuck it. Okie doke. <laughs> yeah, you drink some. And uh, immediately, it's, you know, those Listerine commercials where it's like, your mouth is just like super refreshed. What it's like to chew five gum. <laughs> exactly. That's uh. so yeah, this feeling of like refreshment just completely overwhelms all of your senses. It's like your mouth, your tongue, uh, your cheeks are all tingling. And uh, you start to hear a song off in the distance. It starts off very low, almost like a hum. And then it grows and grows kind of in the, it, there's like more singers they get added to the to the chorus. It gets kind of uh, more upbeat, and uh, you find yourself hearing a song that you don't quite understand the words, but you can tell it's almost like uh, like it sounds very happy, very like something you could skip to. Flashes it, of Blue Bank. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I had flashes of uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas, like the Whovilles, mm. like <laughs> them singing from there, like Daru Whoville. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. That that's pretty close, actually. Yeah, to, to what I had in mind. Yeah, uh, kind of like like the Who's from Whoville mixed with uh, Thorne and Company's song from the beginning of The Hobbit. Oh, okay. Icy Mountains song. Yeah. All right. We'll call this water Ice Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna look down my pocket and whisper to Kevin. Uh, hey, Kevin. I might be hallucinating. I need you to hold on to my wallet. He's like, what's a uh, wallet, sir? Uh, it's what I keep all my, my monies in. Keep keep it ah, safe. Yes, monies. Very good. Always money, good to have money. Money is a currency that we we big folk use to exchange goods and services. So it's like uh, food scraps. It, exactly. You got it. Wonderful. 
Is, does it taste like food scraps? No, it tastes awful. Also, how you been, Kevin? It's been 18 episodes since you've made your last appearance. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, you know, doing the usual, taking a nap, peeking my head out ever so often, witnessing the carnage and poking right back down into the pocket. Good, good. All right, yeah, just uh, keep my wallet safe and uh, look out for ghosts. Very well. Uh, ghost is some kind of mushroom, some kind of pepper. Uh... Uh, you know, admittedly, I'm a little hungry, sir. There is a ghost pepper, but you don't want that. That'll fuck you up. Um, it's basically a... It's like a mushroom, but you can see through it, and it might scare you. It's mm. like a mushroom. A see-through scary mushroom. I'm intrigued. I'm quite intrigued, I will say. Yeah, if you see one digging in my pockets, let me know. I will. I will. You got it, sir. And he brings his little hand up and salutes, and then he burrows back down into your pocket, and you can feel him like like bear hug your wallet. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the other dirty water boys like, hey, I I hear singing, and it sounds pretty uh, uh, juvenile. Sounds pretty dope. I kind of want to follow it. I and I drink the water, so I if I go crazy, sorry guys. <laughs> lead, lead us to the singing big boots. Where is it, boy? Where is it? <laughs> it's uh Captain Big Boots. Captain Big Boots. Dog. Good captain. <laughs> it's like the Boondock show. Mr. Father, Uncle, Doctor, Big Boots. No yeah. relation. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna definitely kinda look at Callie like I sorry, um, but yeah, I'm gonna follow the music, I guess. <laughs> Okie doke. Yes, yeah, so you go to follow it. It kind of uh leads you down the down the brook and then it leads you back around into the forest. Um, it's one of those things, it's hard to pinpoint where exactly it's coming from. Like, it's almost, there's a point where the, the chorus is coming from all directions. And that's the point where, it, like, the sound fills you up the most. After a while, it does seem to die down a little bit. But uh, not, I mean, it's it's like the, 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 the music is hitting you from all directions, but in a very pleasant way. Not like a torturous kind of way. Um, as the music dies down, you can see... Bobby kind of shake his head and come back to his senses. The same with the Oracle. She stands up and starts to kind of stretch a little bit. Big Boots, go ahead and uh, get inspiration for being the the PC to try the water. I haven't had inspiration in a while. All right. <laughs> yeah. Just a recap that gives you free advantage on any D20 roll. I've been hoarding my inspiration for all season. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, uh, what? So what's what's the plan? You want to keep following the tracks? You want to take some more water? What would you guys like to do? So it led us to nowhere, pretty much, right? Right. Okay. Uh, I guess this is a dead end. We I follow the tracks again, guys. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I thought it would lead me to a wizard that could give me like an amulet. Sorry, guys. Uh, I I figured weird. Back alley fairies trying to sell magic water. <laughs> well, we should probably retrace our tracks and continue following the tracks or whatever. Okay. Fall back. Continue uh, with the original objective. Hangna, you have a one track mind. <laughs> actually, you heard your what? Was, uh, it was actually two tracks, ours and then the ones we were fo- following. Uh, Magna <laughs> just said like track like three times in a sentence, so like. Oh, Can we skip to the next track? <sighs> We're on the wrong yeah, side of the tracks for sure. Oh, ah, flip the tape. 
You can't hardly blame him. Potato Sam's on the line. Yes, I, I, I'm missing out on my breakfast. We've got a hat to return. I have a hat to return. <laughs> As that becomes the main quest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all this grandeur. I'm just trying to return this hat. <laughs> That'd be such a great lame quest for like an adventure. Have that be like the focal point. Sorry, the owner of the hat's in another castle. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch! (laughs) No, yes, you guys uh, pass the brook, find the track still going. Um, Eventually, over the course of a couple of hours, you you slowly, you know, continue descending down the side of the mountains, heading east. Could I have all of you roll investigation checks? Oh, fuck. Four. I don't see shit. 15. Excellent. 10. 10. All right. So big boots. We'll say, uh, we'll say, you, you know, you've got Kevin wrapped around your wallet. So you, you only start to feel it's like little pinches on the hair on the back of your neck. And then like uh, by your pants as well. It feels like little, almost like stings. Kalanon, Magna, and Theron. You guys all feel the same, like little yanks of your hair enough to make you turn around and be like, who was that? You know, not enough to do damage, but. Definitely enough to be a, a mild annoyance as you make your way deeper into the forest. As you, as the three of you go to check your pockets, you can see that um, you have been robbed of five gold each. Well, God. fuck! Like little Fucking pickpockets. Damn pixie pockets. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin pokes his head out and he says, Well, sir, I, I'll tell you what, I... I felt a little bit of uh, finger waggling in your pocket here, and I said, Scat! Any any books? I can only assume he was a ghost or some other form of mushroom, possibly opaque, possibly <laughs> translucent. It's tough, it's tough to say at this point, but I, I'm I'm doing the thing, sir. We salutes. Uh, hell yeah! Uh, if we make it through this alive, you get an extra grub. <laughs> he uh, you see like one manly tear roll down Kevin's little face, and he says, "Sir, you spoiled me." <laughs> I just imagine uh, Korg from Thor Ragnarok uh, going, piss off, ghost. <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so as you guys continue making your way down the sloping hill to the base of this large bowl, essentially, that the forest is in, you feel a nice light breeze. Um, and in fact, the smell of uh, pumpkin spice and coffee does kind of enter your area it just smells very pleasant like you've walked into the the the, just the nicest little coffee shop all right it only piqued my interest uh constitution save not to vomit (laughs) 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 well actually let me ask so uh so what smell would your character be like really into probably since big boots is from the woods uh maybe like like the smell of rain like fresh rain like you know, you know how like grass in the woods kind of smell fresh after, after a storm. Heck yeah, cedar and pine, those kind of smells are. Yeah, probably woodsy. You know. Hmm. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know what? We'll say uh, like a like a fire and like a home cooked meal. Like the smell of freshly cooked meat, because it reminds Theron of like better days. And the word you're looking for, Logan, is petrichor. It's the smell after a nice, like, fresh rain. It's my favorite dinosaur. (laughs) 
We all know Magnus' <laughs> favorite smell, Joey. You don't have to think about it. It's potatoes. Pu- it's pumpkin it's potatoes. spice and falling leaves. Potato spice. <laughs> potato spice. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like potatoes! Heck yeah. Yeah, it's like this this coffee pumpkin spice smell just completely like it starts to individualize to your preferred smells. And it just uh, reminisces you guys back to like different times, better days before, you know, the the horrors of war, before the build up, before the events at King Cory's Tower, before you became champions of your gods. You would hear uh, the Oracle say under her breath, kind of muttering to herself. She says, oh, apples. It smells That's like it. the most, the most wonderful pie. Uh, so we're doing some sort of like enchantment type thing, maybe for the smell. Yeah, yeah, it's heavy magic in this forest. Okay, all right. We still got, we still have the trail. Heck yeah! Um, so you guys can you proceed down the, uh, you know, down the way. Uh, so eventually, you you start to hear noises as well. You come to uh, kind of a, a small cliff face, and and here you can see like like veritable proof that you are following the survivors. As there's probably about a 30 foot drop down the side of this cliff, you see tied around a tree is a rope. And uh, kind of like you can tell that there's evidence that, you know, they climbed down the side of the cliff and proceeded on towards the city. So with the rope, that'll be an athletics check, but with advantage. Who's climbing first? Uh, I'll do it since I have like plus nine athletics. Okie doke. And you're arguably the heaviest with your armor. If it can hold you, it can hold. 23. 23. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, so you grab the rope, pull the rope. It's still very tight. Um, as you go to climb down this 30 feet, you can tell that carved into the side of this cliff are, uh, glyphs, symbols, messages, pictures, very much like caveman drawings, but they almost seem to like shape and shift like an illusion. Um, Magna, tell me a, a good memory that your character would have from his, from before the dirty water boys, probably from when he was a kid. Uh, would you know after a long hard days of work his dad would come home and something have food and have dinner and stuff like that just kind of the simple times with his family before everything before he murdered him before ah, I moitalized yeah, yes, everybody the, the unnamed family of Magna <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's one of those things like it's it's almost enough to bring you to tears by the time you reach the bottom because you're just filled with like like memories reminiscing about these better days before all this trouble things you haven't thought about in quite a long time and it's it's shown to you in this illusion in like a very vivid way kind of like the the climbing is on autopilot and all your focus is on the wall here oh why did that make me cry i'm leaking what the hell (laughs) who's next i was not ready for that kind of emotional roller coaster down a rope uh, I got a 21. Excellent. So yeah, as you're climbing down, tell me a, a happy memory Big Boots has from before all of this. You know, oddly enough, kind of like the best times of his life, even though it's been a shit show, like the Dirty Water Boys is kind of like his dream come true. So it would either be something about the Dirty Water Boys, like, you know, beating an enemy or, or doing something cool to save the city, save a city, or... Just him and his family having having dinner. I hate to be like that, but like his family life was literally the only good part of his life. So heck yeah. So like being the hero that your father always knew you would be. Yeah, pretty much. Like you know, winning the wrestling championship, or you know, uh, 
bringing light back on Hare Henny Keep or getting Luther Ashendale's goons out of out of that one city. And it's kind of the same way where like the illusion plays it out on the stone wall, on the, the, the cliff face here as you're climbing down. Kind of like with Magna, like climbing's on autopilot. This has kind of, this kind of takes all of your attention, the visuals. Who's next? Theron got a 21. Excellent. Yes, you begin to climb down on the rope. Tell me about a, a good memory Theron has. Uh, I think I've used them all. No. Um, <laughs> Theron begins climbing down, and it actually reminds him of, like, traveling around the woods uh, around his house. And, like, the first time he learned to, like, repel, which surprisingly was from his mom, not his dad. Uh, so it's just a memory of, like, his mom down at the bottom of, like, a maybe eight-foot-high cliff and, like, little, like, five-year-old Theron just with a rope tied around him, just slowly lowering himself down and slipping, falling, but then his mom, like, jumps up, catches him, and he's fine. And it may not seem like a happy memory, but, like, it's kind of the only little bit of training he did with his mom. Definitely. We'll say even deeper, like, there's, like, just the, the safety of knowing that she's there to catch you. Yes, you make it to the bottom, and it's like you're, we'll say Theron's so invested in this vision on the side of the cliff that um, it's almost like when you hit the bottom, it's almost like a surprise. Like you're almost expecting her to be there to catch you once again. And it kind of shakes you back into reality. Yeah, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Bittersweet. Kalanon? It's a natural one. Well, it'll be with <laughs> advantage because of the rope. Sorry, the stupid rope. Rope of advantage. The rope of advantage. <laughs> um, it is a athletics check. Yep. Four. Four. I rolled okay. a three. Advantage. Okay. One. All right. Perfect. Roll again. Three. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, as you go to climb down, you have a little bit harder time. We'll say your hands are kind of wet, you know, kind of greasy. <laughs> so you don't get up. Free. Free falling. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, so your your vision isn't quite as vivid because you got to spend more time focusing on the rope and not dropping as as hard. Um, tell me about a, a good memory that Kalanon has. Um, probably the the best memory that Kalanon have prior, well prior, pre, have previously. Prior. Well, I was I was combining yeah. previously and prior, and it was like words uh, yes. are all made up, anyways. But that one makes no sense. Anyways. Previously. Yeah, previously on Dragon Ball Z. Anyways, um, prior to the Dirty Water Boys would be um, landing at the uh, temple of Thebris with those uh, doors opening up and that uh, bright light hitting him. So warm. Definitely. Kind of like uh, like his first call to action by his patron god. I want to say it's a call of action. It's just, it's more or less a uh, security feeling. So like it, it's warm, it's comforting. It is it's home. I see. Excellent. But we'll say it's you know because with the climbing down the rope, like I was saying, you got to kind of focus on that a little bit more than the others. So we'll say it's like you you get the vision of this warmth and just like like every cell in your body being filled with warmth and comfort. And uh, just as you're about to finish basking in that, your feet hit the ground and it's like a fleeting memory. Ah, yes, like it never happened. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the oracle climbs down. 
she uh, stops and lingers for a moment, uh, about halfway up, and then she uh, proceeds to finish climbing down. And uh, Theron, you'd be the first to catch that she's got some tears in her eyes that she kind of wipes away, but she's like, it's like happy tears, you know? Then Magna makes his way down. Bobby. Or Bobby, yeah, he's Magna. Dadna. <laughs> um, Bob And Bobby makes his way down as well. Um, and just kind of seems, you know, he lets out like a big sigh of relief when he hits the ground and you all just kind of share a moment together. You know, like we shared this out of game, but like in game, it would be kind of a personal experience for each one of you. Um, so you'd be willing, you know, if, if you'd be willing to share it, that's fine. If not, you could just kind of keep that as something for you, like a, a, like a nugget of a memory to help you in dark times kind of thing. Did, uh, did a- a- anyone else have like a, like a, like a weird rope fantasy thing (laughs) 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 a rope fantasy oh my god rope fantasy thing (laughs) nope nope sure didn't um i I mean not not just then no but like (laughs) no every time i close my eyes (laughs) <laughs> nope, nope, uh, nope. Oh, just... Okay, uh, ne- never mind then. Let's go. <laughs> Why do you have something to share with the rest of us, Theron? No. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okie doke. So, having your three senses, having three senses activated by the magic of this. Kind of the the magic intertwined with this with this forest. Um, you guys finally hear the uh, the din of battle. You hear the, the sharpening of swords, the shouting of commands, and you're able to kind of make your way out of the woods as you see the uh, the city of Moonhaven. Um, so the city has what you would guess by the size of it about three thousand citizens. Um, this is in addition to the refugees probably about 500 refugees that are surrounding kind of intense and like a small camp surrounding the city um, on the outside. You see a large palisade gate that is thrown open as, uh, you know, men at arms and soldiers are kind of marching in and out, drilling, training, practicing for battle and uh, defense. Uh, You see that the city has six towers approximately in a hexagon shape. You would see a line of people waiting for some stew. There's a huge cauldron just like boiling hot steam billowing out the top like a pipe. People coming along with clay bowls and uh, little wooden spoons that have been hand carved to receive their daily ration with a huge ladle that takes both hands to scoop. Um, <laughs> like a huge spoon. <laughs> you would see, <laughs> Those are uh, called shovels. <laughs> shovel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you would see Potato Sam in his large one-piece pajama Looks like it's singed at the edges. His hair is kind of singed off. His uh, his stubble is like burnt away a little bit. But uh, he's still got his kind of big dumb smile, you know, like things could be worse. Always an optimist. He is doling out soup to people. Go to Man's him. He's going to make his way over there. Go to him. <laughs> <laughs> so Potato Sam uh, takes out a whisk, whisks up the uh, the soup to make it a little bit more thick. Uh, puts it back in his pocket, very much like Joey and his spoon with the episode with the cheesecake. Continues and oh, that's a friend's reference. Yeah, so uh, so he um, 
sees you coming from a distance and he almost drops the, the shovel, the shovel ladle. And uh, he's like, Magna, did my eyes deceive me? Well, holy bejeebus. Would you look at that? Would you just look at that? I have your hat. Has you got my hat? Well, goodness gracious me. Get that over here. <laughs> and he uh, comes it's over good. and like, like it wraps his arms around you. As you go that's to put like the that slow on. run, like where he's just like music in the background. He gives you like the biggest bear hug. Goes and puts the hat on his head. Um, you can tell like this this one piece pajama that he's in, very like Ebenezer Scrooge like um, in in look. He, uh, you know, there's like pit stains and stuff. You can tell he probably hasn't had a bath in a few days now. He like fully embraces you. He says, well, I'm, I'm glad you guys made it. You see, I it was it was right after I'd, I'd settled in for the night. I uh, I just fallen to sleep and was having the most wonderful dream about a new recipe. And uh, that was when the dragon attacked. It came in, started blazing all the buildings. I hardly had even enough time to grab my my uh, my, my gold trusty here. And he takes out his whisk from his pocket. He says, I had to leave most of my stuff behind, unfortunately. But uh, luckily, yeah, tell me about it. A lot of good spice was lost that day. You see like one manly tear roll down his cheek. We'll get it back. I do hope so. You see, I I led some some other survivors here. And uh, one thing I made sure to grab was my maps that we knew where to uh, where to to flee off to. Of course, he says uh, now for my my efforts. I have been made a quartermaster. I'm in charge of all of the uh, all the city's supplies and food. Just making sure everyone's got what they need when the time comes. Because that dragon ain't left yet. Because I just like to, uh, I don't know, in my free time when I'm when I'm not that busy, come down and help dole soup to the common folk. Well, that's that's good that you're helping out everybody. But you said the dragon isn't gone. What what do you mean by that? <laughs> As well, you see, there's other settlements around here that uh, other towns. And one by one, we get we've been getting more refugees every day. He says, I, I, I do believe the dragon's torching each and every one of them. Quite possibly looking for you, honestly. For me? You and, and, you, know, you and your friends, of course. Yeah, it seems well, hell bent on destroying every piece of uh, every piece of civilized society in this forest. What makes you think he's looking for us or she? Well, it uh, it should call, call it a hunch, you see, because the dragon from we can spy is being pretty thorough. Like he's trying to not forget to turn over any stone, so to speak. He says, but it's fortuitous that we got you here. See, the, the, the silver lining of this is that the refugees and survivors have been making their way here. So when the dragon finally comes from Moonhaven, by golly, we'll be ready. Is there anything else about the dragon you can tell us? That you well, it's big. Or? It's uh, spooky. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, what he's got- color was it? The color, I believe, was uh, red. Just want to make sure it wasn't Farbagalt for some reason. <laughs> My great red oh. dragon. Yeah, that that bloke be red from the looks of him. And when was the last time you saw him? Well, a few days ago we saw him scouting around. I think that he's uh, not quite brave, or he or she, he's not quite brave, brave enough to attack Moonhaven just yet. Moonhaven's the, the biggest, best defended town in the in, in the forest. Uh, which direction did the dragon go? 
And so, oh, just back up by the mountains there, and he points back kind of the way you came. Is kind of making uh, strafing runs, if you will. Destroying certain sections of the forest and destroying small outer villages and whatnot. All right. Uh, Magnus is kind of going to turn to the rest of the group. So, do you guys think we should maybe start heading in that direction? Maybe intercept it? Or something like uh, that? No. No, we <laughs> should not. Because I like being alive, Magna. Yeah, leaving the fortress seems like a horrible idea. Um, we should probably talk to the mayor or town leader and try to see what their plans for defense. Maybe somehow lure the dragon here into a false sense of security and then pounce like little kittens, but bigger. This is like yeah. large kittens, <laughs> like large <laughs> baby kittens. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, yeah. So him being the quartermaster, Potato Sam can can easily take you guys to the leader. Pretty much. I mean, they, they've never had an official leader before, but they have a sheriff, which is about the closest thing that they've got. Her name is Lena Malfour. And uh, she is kind of holed up in the, like there's like a town, like a wooden kind of big town hall in the very center of this six sided fort. And she uh, has all kinds of attendants around her knights that protect her night and day uh, pun kind of intended. Not accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, but uh, so so he leads you guys in. The, the whole town is hustle and bustle, getting ready for this dragon attack, this kind of impending dragon attack that they know is going to come sooner or later. Um, you open the large wooden double doors and you see uh, Sheriff Malfour there. Um, she stands about six foot one. Um, she's got heavy plate armor on, um, a large great sword slung around her back. Uh, she has curly black hair that kind of hangs down past her uh, her collarbone piercing green eyes that look out from under it. Um, she looks very fierce, very intense. Um, she looks like she's been there and done that twice and could, could kick anyone's ass in the room if necessary. But she's also pretty reserved about it. Kind of like uh, speak, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. Like that is that is her to a T. Um, human? Human. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, one thing you would also notice is that so she's wearing this big plate armor and stuff, but on her arm going from her fingertips all the way up past her elbow is a gauntlet that she's wearing. Uh, the gauntlet looks foreign in nature. Um, it's make and it's craft. You've never seen the likes of before. And uh, it's kind of like fits around her arm as snugly as a glove. And uh, she's able to fully use her fingers and like very dexterously wield it. Are there six stones on it by chance? <laughs> There's not, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Just snaps the dragon away. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> um, and what was her name again? Her name is uh, Sheriff Lena Malfour. Hello, Sheriff uh, Lena. Um, I am Deputy Captain, also former sheriff for a little bit. What's up, Big Boots? Um, the 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 burden of leadership is a heavy one, as I know. Um, so you know about the dragon. Um, how set up do you think you are to, defi to defend this motherfucker? She says, well, we are uh, actively, you know, there's there's kind of a mining settlements that we've been able to keep hidden um, in the mountains that are bringing in wagons of iron, uh, iron ore every day, you know, that we can smelt down into weapons. She says we're making, you know, about 2000 arrows a day, uh, which, you know, isn't a whole lot when dispersed to everybody, but it's it's getting to be enough, you know. Um, she says we're slowly gearing this place up for war. She says if if what Potato Sam has told me, 
um, about the outer world is if what he's told me is true about the outer world, she says, this isn't the only dragon that we may have to defend from. And uh, no, certainly no, probably not. She certainly will. We'll have to prepare for that as well. Um, the whole city is kind of in a militaristic state with me as it's admittedly reluctant leader. She says, I've, I've, I've never taken charge of a city in this way before, but um, as you say, the burden of leadership is heavy and these people need me. This dragon's a dickhead. Um, I really want to kill this fucking thing. I was thinking if we could somehow lure it here to attack when we, when we're ready to defend here. Um, oh, this is we're the dirty water boys. We kill dragons for fun. You know, it's what we do. Um, <laughs> well, not for fun. We're not psychopaths. We we defend. We kill dragons when. Well, all dragons are evil right now. So there's a whole big dragon called Draconon, and that's like controlling the dragons and like wants to take over the world because it's being ruled by a dickhead king from the Golden Empire. The world's gonna just. The world's going to shit. We um, can help you. Yeah, th- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, just takes a moment to process it. And she looks over at Potato Sam and she says, thoughts? Potato Sam shrugs. He's like, I didn't hear any lies. She says, so, so let me. She takes a moment and kind of brings her hand up to the, the crook of her nose. You know, starts to like just kind of shake it all in. She says, so you're the dirty water boys. You kill yeah. dragons for fun. No, so you've, not- you've killed one of these before. Is that what I'm hearing? We, we killed like a like a baby one. And then we hung out with a ghost of one for a while. So, like, we have experience with dead dragons. Hey, we fought off a crazy one. Yeah, but it was just like a, a small one. Well, but we fought off Farvagult. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but oh, it was really true. he wasn't evil. He just he was under control. He was being controlled I mean, by that's kind of all of them except for you know, Draconon. We're level ten now, guys. Like, come on, we got this. Yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, and and you you are enemies of the Golden Empire. Is that correct? Well, we're enemies of the current regime. It's yes. difficult. She says, okay. It's, well, it's complicated. It's, it's complicated. Where <laughs> is the seven deadly sins? <laughs> so you're we're, fake? We, we, no, want, <laughs> we, we want to restore proper order to the Golden Empire. So she uh, takes a moment. She says, yes, Potato Sam has given me, a, a, she's told me the basics of the political situation down south. She says, well, I. If you're willing to offer us help, far be it from me to turn it away, as you seem more than capable. The five of you have made it here without being spotted by uh, by the dragon. If half of what he's told me about you, because Potato Sam, he's, he's very fond of you all. Um, if half of what he's told me about you is true, then I think that you'll be capable defenders of our of our home. Um, and she sticks her mailed hand out, kind of the, the, the one with the gauntlet, gauntlet's out her right hand, sticks it out and goes to shake your hands and says, welcome to the team. Thank you. Um, welcome to our team. <laughs> <laughs> this place is now called Water Haven. <laughs> Dirty Water Haven. <laughs> it's still called Moon Haven. Just on the picture of the city, like Welcome to Moon Haven is now a picture of Big Boots mooning people. <laughs> welcome to Moon Haven. It is like a glass of E. coli water. <laughs> Heck yeah. E. coli. <laughs> Yum. All right. So at this point, Kalanon, you would hear a familiar voice. Go ahead and roll insight. Uh, that's it's a natural mom. 20. Natural, nat 20? 
Yeah, uh, 20. All right. This is a voice it's you have ver- not. Very familiar, apparently. Definitely. One that you haven't heard in years, but you in- you instantly recognize him. Um, you would know by his robes that he is mm-hmm. a member of your order. Um, his name is Elder Beechcroft. He, uh, he looks kind of old and frail. He's much more young and spry when you saw him last. He's a, a human, you know, so they age much faster than elves. But he's kind of tall, kind of lanky. Looks like he'd probably blow over in a tough wind. He's got kind of a, a thinning beard and thinning hair on top that's leading into baldness. He's got uh, piercing blue eyes. You, you remember him as someone that's always grinning, you know, like he's he's very glass half full silver lining of the cloud type. And he uh, he would come around the edge kind of from the back area and be, oh, Kalanon, Kalanon, is that you? I haven't heard that. Uh, what are you doing here, my old friend? And he comes over and like very vigorously shakes your hand. Like a vigor that surprises you for someone of his advancing age. Well, Elder Beechcroft, you've barely aged a day. Oh, oh you spoil me. Butter me up a little more, why don't you? And he kind of turns to the rest of you dirty water boys. And he says, did you know that Caladon was the first one in his class to master the light spell? It came to him naturally, I would say. How fitting that you should be here in our moment of need. Surely the gods smile on us. Praised be to Thebris. Praise him verily. Yes, praise be to Thebris. Uh, uh, what are you doing here, though? As well, yeah, as you know, our order is uh, our order transcends politics and political divisions. He says, "I was sent here to uh, oversee the defense of this neck of the woods. Our our order, the uh, the Elder Council, they have a uh, kind of a vested interest in the protection of this forest." He says, now it is called the Idle Glen Forest, but in antiquity, in days past, it was called the Giant's Green. You may have noticed that uh, much of the Giant's latent magic is still infused in the very soil and the trees that uh, that surround us. Yes, the Giant's wielded the old magic, correct? Indeed. Yes, in fact, uh, before their, I don't know, passing, departure... Before they disappeared, their their floating capital floated just above this very this very forest here. So there were giants uh, in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Elder Beechcroft, um, how have you been tending to the survivors that have made their way here? As well, many injured, honestly, um, especially those little bite marks and tick marks, rashes. People say you know going natural is best, but you know what else is natural? Poison ivy. Yes, I've, there's a lot of, uh, you know, restoration spells, less, you know, curing wounds, that kind of thing. I've I've been kind of an advisor to Lena Malfour and her leadership abilities by day and by night, seeing to the uh, the first aid camps to make sure all of our soldiers are fit for battle when the time comes. Uh, we had found this place after um, a, a town was raised by a red dragon, and uh, we followed the refugees from that town. Uh, have there been... Um, many refugees that have been making the way up here is yes from from that town about 50 were able to to make it here and survive in total uh, about 500 from the uh, the outlying you know the mining camps and the uh, fishing villages the hunting villages a few farming villages just outside of town uh it seems everyone is gathering here to make a final stand against this dragon we and i gestured to the my uh, my friends uh, we'll be a part of that, I'm sure. Then we and we will be all the better for it. And he gives you kind of a, a very pleasant old man smile, kind of like pats, like slaps you on the shoulder, and uh, he says, "There's 
There's no one else that I would rather be here with defending this city in the light of day than with you, my friend. He says, I, I have duties I must attend to. He's gotten a message. He pulls a scroll out of his pocket, says they got about 25 more refugees that just came in, pretty heavy wounds. He says, I must be off, but uh, come see me later. I'd love to have a drink with you and catch up. Actually, yes, there's a matter of which I want to speak to you about as well. So whenever this is all over, we certainly have a drink and discuss things. It's very good. Very good. And he uh, kind of like prestidigitates his staff over to him and then uh, uses it to walk out. That's the wrong spell. Wait, what did I say? Prestidigitate. I was thinking of uh, Mage Hand. Mage Hand. Mage Hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Another cantrip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he uh, he Mage Hands his staff over to him and uh, just kind of starts to to walk out back to the camp area outside of town. At this point, uh, Sheriff Malfour, Malfour, she would uh, kind of show you guys a map of this entire area. She's got like like one of those large tables, uh, map spread out, and she's showing you just how... um, you know, there's there's a couple of red X's, which are the uh, the towns and villages that have that have been confirmed to be destroyed, and then there's some that are marked in black ink that are a little more hidden. They haven't been confirmed destroyed, or or uh, you know, if they're safe, they have just haven't heard yet. They've had no survivors, no good news or bad news from those settlements, and a couple of mining camps a few miles over that uh, are secretly smuggling out the iron ore that they're using to make their weapons. Kind of like an active map of everything that's going on. As they prepare. So, Sheriff Lena, what do you need from us? What can we do to help accelerate the preparations? She says, well, the first thing will be to get all the women and children safely within the city walls. She says, that is our our top priority. After that, after we have everyone safe and secure, she says, you seem more than capable of uh, creating a distraction. Uh, says, sure. You would- yeah, I'm very, I'm a very distracting person. In class, I often got the compliment, uh, distracts others while during class. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, kind of very stoically says, "I'm sure." <laughs> she <laughs> said, <laughs> "She mentions how um, you know this distraction would be kind of like a lightning rod, uh, a beacon, if you will, to draw the dragon close." And uh, she says, "Now I have not yet unleashed the power of my gauntlet here." Um, on the dragon, but you, uh, I just, I, I, she look, kind of looks over at Magna. She says, I'm sure that you'll be more than pleased with the results. She says, we have a, a training field on the northern end of the, uh, of the city. If you could create your distraction there, lure the dragon in, and I'll use my gauntlet to bring it to the ground where we can fight it. That sounds dope as hell, dude. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> hell yeah. She says, well, uh, give us an hour to get the women and children safely stowed away. We'll ready our soldiers, and then whenever uh, whenever you're ready. Excellent. I, sta- so you guys I have- stand there T-pose for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> Asserting his dominance. <laughs> Okie doke. So you guys have uh, an hour of downtime, essentially, before you need it on the north end of the, of the city of Moonhaven. Uh, what would you do in that downtime? Theron's going to kind of rummage through his stuff and just like see if he has anything that could be useful. And he just starts pulling out like random crap that he's picked up, like some poison cloths, some oil, little vial of suggestion that that probably won't work on a dragon. Pulls out that bone dice he got from the troll and then the ring that he got from the dwarven towers. And he has like those in his hands. I wonder if these do anything. Hey, hey, Kalanon. 
Yeah? Do you have identify today? Or I guess you have detect magic, right? I ha- yeah, I have, de- I have detect magic, yes, but uh, the spell uh, identify, I don't think that is in my oh, list. Okay, I wasn't sure if you had that. Basically, I have these two items that I never really checked to see if they were magical in any way. I have a but free detect I magic. Them, I got them in weird circumstances, so I feel like they could possibly be. Um, well, real quick, uh, you know what that ring does. No, I have I have two rings. I have one ring that does reading, and then I got one from the top of the Dwarven Tower. Mm. Um, that has, that like has a, a name in it? Insignia. It has like, like a castle tower insignia on the front of it. It's like a gold ring. And then I have the the token from the, the troll underneath the bridge that was like a bone dice. Mm. So I just wasn't sure if those could be useful if they're magical at all. I can tell if they're magical um, with my free ability to save Callie's spell slots. uh, It can tell me the school of which they're magical and if they are magical. Okie doke. Yeah. So, um, so the bone dice is just a bone dice. Okay. Then you have the, uh, the ring that you and Nazara found when you were going up in the dwarf tower. There was a ring and a necklace and Nazara has the necklace. I have the ring. (laughs) Yeah. So the, uh, the ring is just a plain wedding band. So there was the uh, the insignia on it, you know, like the yeah. the, the dwarven, kind of like their family, their crest, you know. Um, so that is non magical. But um, okay. as you're as you're looking through all this stuff that you've accumulated, um, you'd see Nazara coming over to you. She takes the amulet off, puts it around your neck, and um, kind of adjusts it, kind of like she's fixing a tie, adjusts it very gingerly. Um, there is definitely magic coming off of this amulet. Yeah, I can tell what school it is if you need to know that information. Okie doke. Yeah, that would be enchantment. Interesting. I'll have to get this looked at at some point. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'm going to use the alchemist jug to uh, make poison. I can do. I can make a half ounce. I'm just going to tip my spear and any other people who want their weapon tipped with poison. Yeah, so you take out your alchemy jug. It's got, like, corks all around it. Uh, you find the one with the little skull and crossbones logo. Pop it out. And uh, you're able to coat enough weapons in uh, poison, um, as well as a few arrows as well. All three tips of your trident. You know, you, it, it makes enough poison that you can you can at least start the battle with that, kind of ready to go. Uh, I'm looking over these spells that have an hour casting time, just in case that... <laughs> uh, because I've never had this opportunity before. No, when we're having a fight ready, you have plenty of time to ritual cast. Or just <laughs> use a long cast. Not just not, well, not just a ritual cast. Like I know there's a, a couple of them. They're like, oh yeah, it's an hour casting time, and just like ten minutes. The one that I was like, oh yeah, this would be dope. Twenty four hour casting time. Well, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> um, do we have like a an intended battleground for the dragon fight? Yes. So there is a um, northern gate like a gatehouse that leads out into a training field. That's probably about the size of a football field, but like sideways. And uh, yeah, that'll be the intended battleground. Um, there's no trees, so it's completely clear. Um, you'll have more than enough space to fight this thing. Sheriff Lena, she is going to be on the battlements with the gauntlet using her power, or the, the, the gauntlet's power rather, to bring it to the ground so that you guys can fight it on an even footing. Kind of taking away the advantage of the skies. Because the glyphs that I know... Those take an hour casting time. Wow, that's that's a lot. Um, I guess for the sake of time, I'm just go- not going to do that, really. 
It would require a lot. And the the default one is exploding runes. Um, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, I guess I will meditate and pray to Thebris. Okie doke. Um, as you go to meditate, you, you feel that same warmth from the, the cliff face earlier start to fill you. Kind of like an, like an inner peace. Um, so knowing that even in this moment of uncertainty and not knowing how the battle's going to go, kind of an anxious moment, you're able to find inner peace here. Like, Thebris is still with you. He has not abandoned his champion. I am the champion, my friends. Bow, right. bow. boobity. Magna, what are you up to, my dude? I guess he's trying to figure out what he's gonna, where he's going to put Bobby. Uh, he'll probably leave Bobby with the refugees to kind of help assist them since he, he doesn't want to put Bobby on the battlefield because he doesn't feel like he's re- at all ready for that. Um, Bobby is going to try and fight you on this. He's like, I'm your squire. You know, how, how, what if, what if you fall down? Who will be there to pick you up? Who will be there to, to, to force a health potion down your throat? If you fall to sir, I need to be there to serve you. This is part of my duties. Mm, my, my main concern is that this is a dragon we're dealing with. This isn't, you know, a bunch of, uh, bandits that we ran that we come across on a, on a path or whatever to our destination. This is, this is a, this is a freaking dragon. I feel like the, the risk is much higher than any other situation we're usually in. That's why I feel like it's probably best that you hang out over here with the, with the refugees, help potato Sam, uh, keep everybody together and keep everybody safe. Roll persuasion. Sometimes doing your job as a paladin isn't always being on the front lines. Uh, you said persuasion? Persuasion, yep. Fuck! It's a one. <laughs> he uh, he says, no, but but I always see you on the front lines. And he says, Dad, Magna, Dadna, says, I just, uh, ever since I've, I've taken this job as your, your squire, I've just wanted to be like you. Well, well, uh, fuck. <laughs> hey, uh, look at it this way, Magna. If we lose, this whole town's fucked and he's dead anyways. So, it's a l- win-lose? I don't know. You can give him a Viking's death, you know? Yeah, Magna's, Magna's having a hard time with this one. He's... Can I, can uh, I help? And mostly that just comes because of he's, he's still young and, and experienced, so he's not... Uh, he's this is kind of something he hasn't had to deal with before. Yeah, we'll say this. So Theron and Magna, your your situations are happening within a close distance to each other. We'll say like inside the town hall there. So yeah, so there. Theron, you would hear you would overhear this conversation between Magna and, and Bobby. Theron's gonna take Nazera over there and be like, "Hey, uh, Bobby, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take Nazera." And I need you to take her down with the rest of the, the refugees and draw this symbol. And Theron had prepared like a, the paper with the Omarukatal symbol. You, you know what this does. Uh, assuming Bobby knows what it does by now. I'm sure he's you, familiar with them. You are, <laughs> yeah. going to be, you are going to be in charge of making sure the escape route stays clear. Uh, essentially, while we're out on the battlefield, we, we don't know if the dragon's going to get through us. But if... If it does, 
it's your job to make sure everyone gets out safe and also to make sure that the the goblins don't hurt anyone if you end up there <laughs> he uh he looks at you and he looks back at magna um he says well i just uh i just i just don't want you to think i'm a coward you're not a coward bobby at the moment right now i feel as though your skills are definitely needed with the the oracle and with the with the refugees i feel at this moment i would feel more comfortable if you were with them roll uh roll persuasion one more time uh 12 12 okay he uh he takes a moment to think and you've made a convincing case he wants to contribute you know make you proud he wants to be like you and and this is a solid way for him to contribute so uh him and you know the nazara she just kind of playfully like brings her arm under his arm and they link elbows and she says come on i'll show you the spot i've already seen it and uh, she kind of leads him out and uh as they they leave the large double doors he just kind of looks back at you like a little worried like he really doesn't want to mess this up magnus pretty much just gonna be watching them leave Okay. And then he'll probably get Silverthorn at the ready. Okie doke. The trusty Summon. steed. Trusty trusty Silver Lion is going to be yeah. with me. Heck yeah. Well, an hour passes. Um, you guys make it up to the, the north training ground. At this point, all the women and children would have been huddled uh, with Bobby and the Oracle. Kind of down. There's like a, like a tunnel area underneath. You would see Sheriff Malfour uh, get up on top of the gatehouse and kind of wave at you guys with her large gauntleted fist, indicating that they're ready on her end. Y'all ready for that distraction? Ready as I'll ever be. I was I was asking the sheriff. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, her fist goes from a know. goes from a fist to a thumbs up. Alright. Um when I killed Gavorovich, I got a bunch of spell scrolls of level two. I'm gonna use Skyrite for one of them. So what that does, it's from Xanathar's uh, Guide to Everything. Uh, you cause up to ten words to form in part of the sky. You can see the words appear to be made of cloud and remain in place for the spell's duration, which is an hour. Uh, the words dispense when the spell ends, uh, and a strong wind can disperse the clouds also to end the spell early. So up in the sky, I'm going to create the words that says, Red dragons are punk bitches. Come fight me. <laughs> it I don't even know how many words. Red dragons are punk bitches. Punk bitches is one word, right? That's a hyphen. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll count it as what? Well, yeah, you can hyphenate it. Yeah. So that's uh, what? Seven? Uh, all right. Red, drag- Red dragons are punk bitches. That's one word. Come fight big boots down here. You punk bitch. Ten words. Bam. Heck yeah. So uh, almost like like streaks in the sky from a jet plane. Uh, these words appear and um, they're there for probably about 15 minutes before the breeze kind of blows them away and obscures it. As it gets blown away, you would hear a roar off in the distance. It's enough to where howler monkeys, the birds, they all kind of freak out in the trees and they, they fly off and scurry off to get out of the way of, of the coming fight. You'd hear another roar closer this time. Um, kind of, I'm thinking like Jurassic Park level. Eventually it gets close enough where the roar is enough to cause like the earth to shake a little bit and like uh, water and cups, you know, the stream kind of trembles in its wake as overhead you see off in the distance this adult red dragon flying towards you guys. And it looks like it's got venom in its eyes. I mean, this thing is like pissed off, full on, just like ready to go ape on you guys. You would hear a voice behind you. Lena, 
she uh, reaches out her gauntleted hand and says, now, as out from her hand shoots what can only be described as a giant-sized mage hand. Um, it's giant, it's blue, it's huge, and it's big enough that it can grab, you know, as the dragon passes over, its mouth opens, and you see, like, flames start to get embroiled up in there like it's going to torch you. It's, this hand is big enough coming out of the gauntlet that it grabs the dragon kind of around its body and slams it right into the ground, causing, like, dust and trees to kick up creates a, a loud enough, like, a boom, almost where there's a crater underneath the dragon's body. That was fucking dope!